Hey, and welcome to the Marketing Automation Podcast by Active Demand, your weekly dip into the world of marketing automation, where you get tips for your agency, SaaS product, or B2B company. I'm your host, Adriel, and why don't we get it started? So, Sean, uh, this week I thought it would be interesting to talk about uh, the start or the rise of more of these marketing technology companies. Uh, I, I, this week I was, I've been working on case studies and I, I got the chance to talk to uh, a bunch of our clients and I noticed that a lot of them use uh, marketing technology and this connection between sales and marketing is kind of like the first thing that they do uh, with their clients. And I, I believe this is something that you did as well um, with new clients with Jump Demand, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think it's a uh, it was a strategy that worked very well for us. Um, and why is, well, we th- let me just step back, is where it worked very well for us was uh, B2B companies, right? Mm-hmm. Because B2B companies, there is a sales process. There's a, uh, there should be a sales process. There is a longer sales cycle. There's a longer marketing cycle. And uh, uh, quite often our clients were uh, at the beginning, not so sophisticated uh, and Quite often, they didn't even know the difference between sales and marketing. They would just go hire a uh, 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 a salesperson and tell them to go do marketing. In other words, go cold call a bunch of people and bring the business in. So um, I think that it was a, a great place to uh, add a, a lot of value very quickly um, at a uh, at good margin because the impact we were going to have on the client was was very high. So yeah, I, I, we 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 did it, and it was I thought it was a great strategy because very quickly we could go in and uh, assess a very very messy house and uh, provide some uh, some quick guidance on okay this is uh, this is how uh, uh, sales are operating and this is how we can uh, help your salespeople succeed oh totally so I've, uh, I'll, I'll bring out some horror stories here uh, <laughs> uh, nothing's worse than developing a website and then doing the after work of digital marketing on what you know the client needs so you start doing SEO you start doing PPC you start uh, generating the leads and then you find out that the salespeople don't claim or do anything with the leads that the website generates. There's a true story, by the way. <laughs> and then uh, the client says, hey, we're not getting the value uh, from this relationship. And uh, it's because we you, you started on the wrong foot. We didn't even start on the foot of, you know, what do you need this website to do? And by the way, are you are you going to promise to do something about these leads I generate? Um, you know, we started with the things, the website, the the digital marketing, the uh, all the wrong things. And I think that's the way a, a lot of clients engage with marketing companies is they say, our website's kind of ugly. Uh, why don't you guys redo it? Um, and they don't even think about the the connection between that website and sales. Yeah. And as marketers, um, it's a case that, you know, where there's the, the old adage sales are, you know, from Venus and marketing's from Mars or whatever the, the story is. And uh, we recognize that there is a, uh, is a gap and as marketers, we come in and say, okay, let's just focus on uh, the stuff that 
uh, I'm I'm really good at. And uh, you know, I have a hammer. Uh, let's let's find your nails and start pounding on them, and uh, and we'll we'll build a relationship with this uh, this this prospective client. And I think the it sets uh, the agency up for failure because uh, a couple of things is um, you know if it's not if it's not a very sophisticated uh, uh, client you know they're you're going to be talking gobbledygook and stats and all this other stuff that they really don't get and uh, the relationship will not be built because uh, the, the client is not going to be able to say you know ask intelligent questions about what's really going on. Um, whereas if you uh, cut to the chase and go, where is the money being made today? And how are you executing from a sales perspective? Can we optimize that first? And what you end up doing with that approach is you build a, uh, a strong relationship with the sales organization. And uh, if you're giving them some, some good guidance as far as how to reduce the administrivia so that they can actually execute more efficiently, they're going to love you. And I've had clients when we were uh, an agency where we built that strong relationship with the, the sales organization and we gave them some fantastic uh, guidance. We had this thing we called a, a sales gap analysis process. And uh, uh, if we executed on that up front, then we we get the strong relationship with the salespeople and you know uh, when it come, when come rubber meets the road and there, there's any time that the uh, the agency relationship is being questioned by a CFO or what have you, the salespeople will butt in and say, "No, this is my these guys are feeding me fantastic leads and making me successful." So it's a, it's a great way to not only uh, make a quick impact on the business, but it's also a great way to build a, uh, a trust within the people that are actually the rainmakers inside the inside your client's organization. Yeah, and they should have some some decent pull. I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's all an interesting concept. But um, why don't we why don't we talk a little bit about uh, maybe what the process would be for um, any agencies who are listening who who don't do this right now who might jump into. Uh, just suggesting that website or or that digital marketing, like what what would you recommend an agency start with to uh, uh, to to do this sales and marketing connection? Yeah, well, how we did it is, you know, I would. Uh, uh, start the the dialogue about uh, you know what is demand generation right and uh, uh, where are they getting their you know what is where are they getting their business today and what's the stuff that's very easy to do to as far as finding new business what's the stuff a little bit more difficult and then it leads uh, just from a dialogue perspective it gets them thinking about uh, you know the stuff that you know there is an opportunity to grow my business with people I don't know today and we had. Uh, and I, I think I might have talked about this in one of the previous podcasts, the, the concept of a product, right? A services product. And we had a well-defined services product, was, which I just mentioned, was the sales gap analysis. And we would sell the consulting of a sales gap analysis process where we go in, spend a day, we talk to the salespeople, we try to understand their, their sales process. We, we would look at uh, two things as the, the sales process itself. Was it well-defined? Uh, did they have an, a process of uh, what defining what a lead is, who handles the lead? And then the second thing we would do is a technology gap analysis for the salespeople is, are, are they using spreadsheets? 
right? Are they, is there a CRM? Does anybody log into it? Do right? they use is email there... and, and, and mark whether they've actioned the lead by uh, marking it red or unread? Yeah, also, exactly. Also <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, the, the, the guidance I would give is start off with defining this uh, consulting product that uh, has a uh, well-defined um, uh, a goal at the end of it, right? Like for us, we had a, it was boilerplate, right? We had, because it's always the same. The problems are very similar. So we had a boilerplate uh, uh, sales gap analysis document. We went through, we uh, did a uh, sort of a taxonomic based approach, ask a bunch of questions that the answers will reveal pain. Uh, and then uh, uh, we roll all these up and it's very easy to make recommendations on how to uh, improve the sales process and uh, how to either get the right technology in place from a sales perspective and a process for using and measuring adoption of the sales technology. Yeah, exactly. I, th I think the the most interesting part there is, is just talking to sales. There's a, uh, there's too many websites out there that are built with just marketing's input. And I mean, you don't, you definitely don't want the salespeople designing the website. That's, that's probably the wrong <laughs> way to go about this, yeah. but you got to talk to them to find out like, you know, what kind of leads they're after, what kind of leads close better than others, or what kind of products are they completely disinterested in? And if you build the, like a hundred leads for them, they're not going to do anything with because there's just no value in there. Right. The nice thing about salespeople is that because they're they're typically commission based and, and they've got that financial motivation, um, they're uh, ruthless and they go after where the money is. And I think that's that's a a fantastic quality and one that uh, too few marketers really tap into to understand where they should be putting their efforts. Yeah, and if you and I, I mentioned this before, is that if you can, um, they know like it's a case that salespeople know they want the easy money. And this is nothing bad against the salesperson. Um, it's uh, they're getting paid uh, a commission um, based on you know what they bring in. And if there's uh, uh, easy money here and hard money there, the, uh, they'd rather have the bird in the hand, so to speak. So if you are able to um, show them the path to where they can spend less time uh, doing hard work to get zero results. And the marketing folks can, with a well-designed website some uh, and a, alignment as a first step as to what is a lead, uh, it's a case they're going to love you. They're absolutely going to love you. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a really interesting uh, uh, thing to think about. I think a lot of uh, marketing agencies out there uh, just work with marketing VPs and uh, and and very rarely talk to salespeople. So it's it's great to get that feedback in. Um, you know, one of the other things that uh, that I noticed when I was uh, when I was speaking to, with a lot of these uh, uh, marketing agencies and in, in how they deploy is that they would also, uh, like you mentioned there, take a look at the technology that the uh, salespeople were using. They were frequently uh, implementing uh, a CRM, and and the one that kept popping up was uh, was PipeDrive. Um, it's a uh, uh, I think it's for a couple of reasons. One is cost because PipeDrive is is less than Salesforce, but the other is uh, probably ease of use, right? Because it's a newer platform uh, and a little bit, uh, uh, I guess, more modern because it doesn't have a lot of legacy code, legacy UI. Yeah, I think, well, on sales technology, the, the number one challenge any CRM vendor has or any, CM, uh, any CRM stack has is getting the salesperson to use it. 
right? And uh, I think that uh, why a lot of the agencies that uh, we've been working with and uh, have been using and why we switched to Pipedrive, and I'm not don't want to make this a marketing pitch for the folks at Pipedrive, um, is uh, they, they've simplified the process of using, using a, a CRM. There's, you see this trend. There's other CRM vendors that are taking a similar approach where mm-hmm. keep it simple, stupid, uh, make a, uh, a user interface that is very, very uh, straightforward, easy to use, doesn't get in the way of the salesperson. But uh, I think that uh, stepping back, the, the, uh, the, the marketing folks, you know, while they're going in and recommending technology is uh, uh, don't go, I would say, you know, uh, uh, I would think about the user, which is the salesperson. How do we get them so that they're actually using the technology and the technology has the ability to measure whether or not the technology, how the technology is being adopted? Because, uh, yeah, the CRM is a very important part of the sales process. Yeah, a very important part of, of getting feedback back to marketing on, on whether the stuff's working or not, right? I mean, uh, um, it, it it doesn't actually, like the CRM doesn't actually matter to marketing, except that it's the best, most reliable way to get feedback back to marketing on whether the leads they're generating are closing yeah. and they're the right kind of leads and whether their their marketing channels are, are delivering the right kinds of leads. So um, yeah, CRM's it in, in, in terms of that. Um, one of the things you mentioned there was, was just, uh, passing leads. But, uh, um, you know, another thing that I noticed when I was talking with a lot of these marketing companies is that they're defining out, um, when something isn't a lead, but when it is interesting enough that they need to do some automatic nurturing with those companies and, uh, or sorry, with those, uh, uh, leads Leads. and, uh, and, and, you know, do some interesting stuff with them just to keep them interested, um, and, and start to automatically move them down the path. Uh, that, that part was really interesting. Um, and, and I feel, I feel like that's one thing you can get out of a good salesperson is you can get to understand, uh, some of what they would do, uh, to nurture someone who maybe isn't worth their time if they had time. (laughs) So (laughs) you could imagine, take, take your best salesperson and say, okay, uh, someone downloaded this white paper. Would you call them? Nah, I wouldn't call them. What would you do if you if you had nothing else to do? I'd probably email them and say thanks for downloading the white paper and refer them to our uh, uh, appointment scheduler to uh, to make an appointment with a salesperson, or I would refer them to this thing over here. And uh, I think that information is really interesting because you can take you know what what a a good uh, salesperson would do and automate some of that stuff so that. They don't have to deal with this high volume, low quality stuff, and you can let the system uh, do it automatically and then try to drive those leads to to do something interesting that the salesperson should take action on. Yeah. When I mentioned the sales gap analysis, um, you know, that'd be part of the process with the taxonomic approach of asking questions that reveal pain uh, in the sales process. And, uh, you know, it's bringing, bringing up the whole, and all salespeople know this, Pareto's principle, 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your activities. So we would analyze what is a salesperson's day, right? What are they spending all their time doing? Let's, let's, let's walk through a call, sit down, listen to them actually take a call. What do you do after the call? And you'll find that they're spending, wasting a ton of time doing, you know, just absolute 
mind-numbing administrivia. They hate it, and, but they do it because they're sitting there thinking, okay, well, that's what I got to do to close the business. I, I got to send this same email. Maybe they build a couple of templates themselves, but really, in, in my opinion, sales is a contact sport, right? It's a contact where the salesperson's doing their biggest damage is when the prospect is on the phone. If they're doing emailing, that's marketing, right? Marketing system, the marketing folks, that's where they can add a ton of value is by, uh, uh, you know, putting in systems that allows the salesperson to spend more time on the phone and less time emailing. Emailing, filling out internal paperwork. Yeah, doing all that stuff that's not dealing with the prospect and leveraging their uh, relationship building skills with those prospects. Yeah. One of the things, and we, we took this approach as an agency, we recognized that, um, uh, you know, we looked at our B2B clients as sort of the, the big waves in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, the monthly revenue for the, uh, for the agency and the, 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 the B2C clients, the high volume clients, uh, it was a case that was the sort of the water between the waves. Uh, the one thing that's very nice about, was nice about doing the sales coaching and the sales process, uh, uh, sales gap analysis, et cetera, is typically these, co- these companies that uh, if you think about uh, their revenue, if their revenue is an order of magnitude or towards is magnitude greater than a, uh, a small local company, you do a, um, you make, you know, a 2% impact impact on their revenue and it is a massive amount of money right so uh, it impacts the uh, uh, the charge rate whereas with the our b2c clients it was a case that you know the local businesses we tried to find um, uh, local business uh, verticals that uh, were uh, had you know uh, uh, maybe they didn't have sales processes but there's lots of them and they were making money Right. So we could do a volume approach. But, yeah, the nice thing about the sales process, the sales coaching is the clients that you're going to be engaging with are typically going to be uh, uh, higher revenue clients. And therefore, your charge rates are going to be able to be, I think, uh, reflected in the, the impact. Yeah, high revenue. And typically the, the clients that they sell to, those B2B clients sell to, are buying, you know, big, bad uh, purchases. And I think um, one of the things that we're always looking for uh, as marketing agencies are clients who have a, a high, a high uh, acceptable customer acquisition cost. You can't, you can't make any money uh, selling $2 widgets to, uh, to, to customers, right? There's just no room for, for, for any interesting marketing in there. But when you're a B2B company or a, let, let's say you're a construction company and you sell million dollar projects, there's some room for some pretty good marketing that you can do in that gap. And I think that, uh, that that's where the allure of, uh, of working with B2B companies is, uh, is so good. And the nice thing is that digital marketing works so good for it. Uh, you know, a lot of these B2B companies, they're, they're procurement people, uh, you know, they might be new to the industry. They don't know who the established people are. They go out, they Google, they check social media, they uh, they might click on a, a paid ad. So that's where marketing can have a really big impact for these B2B companies and where a connection between sales and marketing is so critical because you need to make sure that you're identifying that million dollar win as coming from your agency. 
Yeah, absolutely. And also, it's it's not just about uh, um, introducing uh, the clients to more prospects and different accounts. Account-based marketing plays such a nice story, especially with the say in the topic of uh, helping with sales processes. Uh, like you know, when uh, uh, we've I've I've been in situations where the company said uh, you know the agency provided um, um, one of the big values we provided for for them was uh, was connecting all the dots inside their big company, right? So if a salesperson can do that for their clients, uh, it's a case that uh, uh, it's actually less work and more money. So the agency can provide a, a great account based marketing strategy and the tools to help the salespeople after the first sale is made to actually increase the size of the sale to other locations or what have you. And it's really a nice uh, marketing and sales relationship that's built through the account-based marketing strategy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of these uh, a lot of these companies have uh, have RFP processes or have like these complex processes um, uh, that are that are designed to be uh, you know, vendor agnostic when they're choosing new marketing agencies and new vendors. But uh, the reality of, of it is that um, a lot of it's based on trust. It's based on brand awareness. It's based on um, all these little touch points. So uh, yeah, doing account-based marketing for, for some of these large organizations does have an impact and uh, uh, does help more than, you know, whether you crossed your T's or dotted your I's in the RFP that, uh, <laughs> that yep. you had to fill out. And they, they use their very official uh, scorecards afterwards on, right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's uh, attacking, not, <laughs> that's a bad word, attacking the sales, pro- uh, sales process as a, as a sort of the date uh, for a new, new prospect is a great, st- it worked very well for us as an agency. And uh, it ended up uh, giving us a uh, some great marriages with clients that uh, uh, you know we 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 the salespeople we we not only were helping them they had our backs because we we were helping them do get more get paid more for doing less work and uh, uh, we also had a better understanding of the. Uh, the the business's actual goals because salespeople typically know right they know yeah. uh, they know what the the CEO is thinking they know what the product managers are thinking they know what the the service folks are thinking because they've got to fill that funnel with business right so yeah they'll uh, have, they'll have those hard number goals they'll have the we need thirty percent more business this year or we need thirty percent more of this service line. Uh, sold within this year, and uh, and that's where the buck stops. And I think, um, yeah, speaking to them, understanding that business impact um, is a high value uh, step, high value activity. So you can you can sell this service to your clients for uh, a high ticket price, but it's also it also has a, a lot of value to them and to you, so that you uh, place the uh, interaction on the on the right foot right from the get-go. Yeah, if you have the sales process and the sales technology um, uh, process, and I should say strategy in place, then it's very easy for, I wouldn't say easy, but it's much more, uh, I think a, yeah, it, it is easier for you to apply the, the right uh, uh, tactics and the right marketing uh, stack to to execute right because you know there's there's the there's the door we've got to push prospects through that door and uh, this is what the prospect looks like what are the tools we need to make that happen 
Totally. And you can avoid building a whole bunch of leads that no salespeople are going to do anything with. <laughs> we've we've both we've we've both been in that scenario for sure and i'm sure lots of people listen have been in that scenario as well as uh you know why is there this misalignment you know we sent you all of these leads and well they if if the only time you're talking to them is uh after the leads have been sent it is too late thanks for listening this week if you think someone else at your company should listen to this podcast send them the link activedemand.com forward slash podcast We've also got lots of great articles on our blog that go into really specific, in-depth topics to help you out. If you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like covered, shoot us an email at support at activedemand.com or send us a tweet. Thanks again for listening and have a killer day making your business better through automation.